Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9, where it's also online for you, WRQK.com, and can be heard everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. If you missed anything from yesterday's program, make sure you podcast it right there. We'll talk to Munch on Sports, Mark Munch Bishop, on loan to us from Fox Sports 1350, where he can be heard every day, 3 to 7. He'll join us at 7 o'clock this morning the way he does every single Friday. Interested to talk to him. There's a couple of teams leaking that LeBron James would consider playing for. I thought he wasn't considering it at all. It's amazing how these things keep leaking, even though he's not supposed to be considering it. Gee, I wonder why things are leaking. Is it because he wants it to leak? My guess is yes. We'll talk to Munch on Sports about that coming up at 7 o'clock. Also, 7.30, Trump gets a meeting nobody thought he could get. So Trump haters and people who are, uh, are down on him overall, that's myself included, we got to give him credit. At 7.30, you got to give him credit. He did something you never thought he was going to be able to do. So at 7.30, we'll uh, we'll pat the president on the back just a little bit. I found that to be very interesting. Also, 8 o'clock, we have some 911 calls from the Parkland school shooting. That feels a little weird to do, but um, it, it is newsworthy. They are out, and we figured uh, we would run through them together as a class. And at 8.45, there is a television show. I know I always get, I, I get called a hater. You just hate everything. You're a hater. There's a television show in the works that I am very, very, very excited about. Been wondering where it is. In the reboot crazy world, I've been wondering where this is, and sure enough, they're working on it, and it should be coming out somewhat soon. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, how are you? Pretty good. I'm pretty good. Are you a little heated this morning? I feel no. like all those things, you just had a lot of like... No, no, no. I just... No, I just... I, 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 I think it's interesting. Like, I've been on this LeBron thing since before the season started, and if information's leaking, it's because people want information to leak. He is soft leaking this information to get you... Notice how we, the, the conversation isn't any, anymore whether or not he's leaving. It's where does he fit better? Well, he doesn't really fit in Philadelphia. He fits better in Los Angeles. It's not like we're already having those conversations. Oh, where is his style fitting? It's no longer is he leaving as he's staying. It's where does he fit better? He wants this information leaking out. And I find that interesting. I really do. For a guy who's telling everybody he's not considering it, yet he's considered it down to four different teams. Well, that's interesting. I mean, that's how you would do it. 
Like, and the the people who yesterday were like, if he talks to teams, it's tampering. Guys, I'm not supposed to talk to other radio stations about employment either. Guess what? I do. Guess what? That's what we all do. We all sneak around. We all do things we're not supposed to do with our jobs and with, with our work. I'm under contract, and if my phone rings, I'm having a conversation. Not supposed to, but I'm gonna. Because guess what? I'm out for number one, much like everybody else is in the world. And LeBron's gonna be no different. He's going to be no different. I'm not angry with him about it, but I'm just the one telling you what the reality of the situation is. He is taking stock of what his options are, and he should. He's the greatest ever. No other athlete in year 15 would be this. Dude, there's billboards in other cities, multiple other cities, begging him to come there. Most athletes in their 15th year could not get that done. He should absolutely be taking a look at whatever he can. We'll find out Munch's opinion on that also. I guess the Browns are supposed to meet with Baker Mayfield ahead of the draft. We'll get into that here in a little while. So this morning, I did see something that I kind of want to, and I, I didn't realize it was this, this severe until I got into work, but I was, uh, I was coming into work and turning off of Tusk, or I was turning off of Maryland onto Tusk, and right by that where that speedway is right there. And I look over, and there's like six cop cars, and they've got the entire thing blocked off, um, like going left. So I couldn't have turned left. I was able to turn right. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this? And then I look over there and there's three cars completely spun out. There's an ambulance with the door closed. Um, and I'm like, damn, dude, something obviously went down here and came in to check out this morning. Fatal caught three-way car accident. Jeez. Right there. I know there's one, there's one confirmed dead. I have not, I have not heard this morning. To, yep. I mean, I, they said four 30 and I was probably in the car at just a little bit before five. So like it, I, I probably missed it by 20 minutes, you know? Wow. And dude, I know that like anything can happen anywhere, but sometimes stuff like that, seeing stuff like that, I'm like, oh my God, dude, if you would have left 20 minutes earlier, which is completely possible, which is completely possible. Life's random like that, dude. God, dude, because a reason why I didn't leave earlier is because I was pushing snow off the cars. And I was like, dude, if you would have just, you know, if you would have left, you know, if you would have started this process five minutes earlier, who knows what would have happened to you? I wonder what I, I wonder what led to that because I mean the roads aren't bad. I mean it definitely snowed. I mean I had to brush the front of my car off today, but like it, the roads weren't. I mean seventy seven was fine. Yeah, I think by the time I mean uh, Maryland side streets were kind of bad, but not like bad enough to cause that. I mean yeah, to remember it's three four o'clock in the morning. It could have been you know I mean it could have been many many of things. I'm I'm be- I'm guessing somebody was under the influence yeah, of something. Intoxication is not yeah. uh, is not ruled out quite yet. No, I I I, I would imagine probably not there. I would imagine probably not. Dude, the Kansas City Royals are doing something weird. A lot of sports in the rundown today. They're doing right. something really weird. We'll get into that around 9.30. Dude, I know everybody's normally like, man, I just want to get to Friday, man. Right. Clint Parker style, right? I don't care. I, dude, this weekend, dude, I got to work tonight and I got to work tomorrow night where I just feel like I'm not getting any time away. So it's like, no, dude, I'd rather do radio shows. I don't want to bartend. I don't want to. Oh, I completely understand your frustration. I don't want to. Your boy will be bartending tonight as well. And Ugh. like, there is a little bit of like, man, oh man, oh man, I just want to go it's like, home. how many jobs do I need? More. <laughs> How many times? Yeah, and that's why when the phone rings, that's why you have the conversation right there. Because, it's like, dude, I'm, dude, how many jobs do I got? I have. What shows do you have going on this week? I have no idea. You don't even playing. know. I no, I I never look. I don't care. I don't care what's on that stage. As long as people are coming through the door and tipping money, I could do. They could have polka up there, a kid circus. I don't, dude. I once, dude, I did. I once bartended a day show at the Agora for a kid's magician, and I still made bank. Dad's just sat at the bar while moms were like playing with their kids do, and right? just pounded pints. And I just did, and I did. I made bank. I don't care what's in that building as long as people are in there and looking to get drunk. I'm, I'll happily stand behind there. 
but it's just one of those days where I just don't feel like it. I just have that, no, I don't want you. I just have that stuck all over me. I do have a funny observation from the gym yesterday where I think I freaked another full-grown man completely out. I think I freaked this dude completely out. I'll give you that story next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have a pair of tickets for Warrant and Jack Russell's Great White. They're playing Hard Rock Roxino on the 23rd, 645. We'll pass those out this morning. Early? Yeah, a little early. I like it. I like doing stuff early. I, uh, I think I freaked a dude out at the gym yesterday. I think I freaked him out. And I've seen him before, and I think that that probably led into me freaking him out yesterday. Now, when you go to the gym, do you feel like... Most people there, or half people there, some of the people there know who you are, or is it still you're anonymous somewhat? It, it's definitely not anonymous because I've had more than enough. I, I like a guy, as a matter of fact, a guy named Jamie the other day was walking out of the locker room. He's like, Yo, man, I'm one of the 20 million. Nice. All right. So, like, there's definitely some of that. I had a guy, I had another guy the other day, like, dude, don't tell a dog story about me. <laughs> I mean, so, like, I, and those are two, two guys right there that if on the surface, if I would have just saw them, I would have, I wouldn't have thought maybe were, like, they didn't necessarily come across as, like, daily listeners. It's so weird that, like, you people, just never know. You don't. You just have no idea who's going to come up to you and be like, dude, I listen all of the time. So, it, it, it's just hard. It's hard to get that call. So, I never know at the gym because I never know if people are looking at me like, Oh, that must be who that is. Or if it's like, geez, look at that fat dude. Like, I'm thankful I'm not still stuck there. Right. I mean, or just like, do I have, like, is my fly down? Do I have a booger right. on my nose? You like, never know why people are so looking at So many times you. I'm like, what are you looking at me for? And then it's like, well, maybe it's a good thing. So I was almost done with the workout, right? And uh, and I had to force myself to go yesterday. I did not want to go to the gym at all yesterday, but don't want to skip two days in a row. Had to get there. Which, by the way, got to give Stansberry a little pat on the back now. I feel like it's been a decent chunk of time. Maybe, Just over a month. Maybe, I was going to say maybe a month. It seems yeah. like you, you set this goal for yourself. And yeah. for at least the last month, you've done pretty well on it. So, About 20 you know, pounds. A little pat on the back right there. About 20 pounds, according to the skill yesterday. <laughs> As somebody, it's hard when you see somebody on a day-to-day basis to judge weight loss because, like, it's that gradual process, but like you definitely have slimmed down. There's no question. So I guess some people say they can see it in my face a little bit. Like, and when I when I grab my face, I don't feel as much fat as I once right. used to, and I can definitely feel a body change. And when I look at myself in the mirror, it's hard to kind of tell. It's like, eh, not, maybe not so much. But definitely when I'm sitting down, like I don't feel as massive. Like just like right. kind of like sitting somewhere. Um, so yeah, it's been going well, right? Um, and I've been eating very, very, very well. I'm worried about this weekend to me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be away from my home for two days. And when you're staying at somebody else's house, next thing you know, you're just in their cupboard. It's like, wow, well, Pop-Tart. You know what I mean? So I am kind of worried about that. We'll see how that goes. But yesterday, like, I mean, I had to force myself there. I did not want to work out at all. But sure enough, in the middle of it, I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm here. I feel better. This is good. I'm working out some of my bad mood. This is excellent, right? And I'm getting ready to like wrap it up. And the gym had been kind of empty. I went, I went a little later yesterday than, than I normally do. And so it was, it was kind of dead, right? And so I was like, you know, and that part can be kind of good because you can use more things. You can do a little bit more, right? And so I'm getting ready to wrap it up. And then next thing I know, this guy comes walking up the steps, and I've seen him before. And he just takes his jacket off. He doesn't, like, really use the locker room or whatever. He just kind of uses, like, one of the shelves upstairs in the gym and just kind of sets his jacket down. Okay. And I just kind of find myself in awe of him. Like, I'm just kind of like staring at him. And I even hate to say this right now on, on this program, but I was like, 
dude, I kind of want that guy's body. And I know it sounds like kind of like, you know what I mean, gay, but it's like, you know, I mean, I obviously don't mean I want his body, but it's like, dude, no, I want that body. Now, was this dude like a legit stud muffin? I mean, we're he's, talking. He's legitimately in shape. Like, okay. you can tell there's no more goal for him. Like, the goal has been reached. He's just maintaining. Okay. Which is, again, what makes me envious of it is that, that would, that's where I want to be, where it's like, no, dude, I'm just doing this for maintenance, let alone like trying to lose. Like, I want to lose 20 more pounds is where I want to be. I'm currently, right now, I weighed in yesterday at 243. I'd like to weigh 220. The last time I weighed 220, I felt really good, felt like I looked a lot better, and it just it felt like a healthier way for me to live. So this dude wasn't necessarily a competitor at the Arnold Classic over the weekend. No, but, but you would notice his muscles in Walmart. Okay, okay. Like, you would notice him for sure. You'd look at him and be like, he's not the biggest dude you've ever seen, but you would definitely be like, damn, dude, that guy's in good shape. Beefcake, all right. And so he starts the way a lot of people start, a little stretching, a little cardio, then he moves over to the weights, and I think he caught me looking at him in all three phases. Yeah, I was going to say, considering you just named like the three things that you do to start off if you're staring that whole time he probably is like dude what are you looking at so like part of it was like all right well like dude watch what this guy does in here because he obviously knows what he's doing and that's a lot of the gym actually if you if you look at a piece of equipment you're intimidated by it wait till somebody else is using it and then just kind of like peer over your shoulder be like oh okay that's what you do Right. And so like when you see somebody that's in like hardcore shape, you're like, okay, maybe I should follow this dude's plan. But he kind of like turned around as he was like stretching and I was like on the elliptical and he could see me. And then I was over and I was doing like and then I started doing bench presses on the other side or whatever. And then he was doing something else. And like he kind of caught me looking at him there. And then there was even another time we're in the mirror. And I was like, okay, dude, we may have passed admiration and what, no, I mean, dude, are we, are we are we moving into flirtation? Like, is that what's happening here? I was going to say, would, 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 I'm sure. Because he's handsome, too. Like, here's the other thing. Like, he's got a really nice haircut. He's handsome. And I was <laughs> like, god. oh, my God, dude. If, like, you got to let this go. <laughs> if this was a woman, she would have felt uncomfortable at this point, right? Uh, I, I see here. Yes, however, this doesn't make me sound any better. <laughs> however, here we go. <laughs> this, this, this makes me sound no better. Yes, however, I would have been more self-conscious about how I was viewing a woman, and right. I would have hidden it more. Right. You know what I mean? Because I've definitely, there's definitely two different women that work out at the gym that I would be very interested in having a conversation with. They're both like, wow. I see them at separate times, but they're both like, wow. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, what's going on with you, right? And so, like, I think, but I'm a little bit better about that because I'm aware of that. And I'm aware that, that sex that sex is involved in that, where, like, this is just me. Like, I know me. I don't want to have sex with this dude. But I he am, doesn't know that. But exactly. That's, <laughs> he, he but that's, that's what I'm saying is that I know that. So I like let all like these social guards that you have while checking women right. out. I just let them all down. I just drop those all down to the ground because they don't matter. Because it's not like I'm following this guy around with my tongue hanging out. Yeah, if you get caught once checking out a woman in a situation like that, you're going to be Welcome. careful. But you're going to be careful the rest of the 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 rest of your time at the gym. You know what I mean? You're going to be like, dude, I can't, I can't be that guy just sitting there gawking, looking at this woman. Exactly. But, but you just kept staring at this. dude. I just okay. kept turning okay. around in awe of him. Jeez. And as I was walking down the steps, and I'm like throwing my workout towel in the, in their bucket. I took a, a look. I took a peer over to the left again. Get one more final look of him, right? 
And you could just see it out of the corner of his face. He was like excited about the fact that I was like walking out of there right now. And I was like, I got to avoid the gym for a little while. You just got to avoid that dude. I don't. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know when he's going to be there. I might. I mean, luckily, I'm a Y member. So I can go to Myers Lake. I can go to Navarre. You know what I mean? But dude, I might, I might have to move around a little bit because I think I freaked this guy out because I yeah. just couldn't stop. I mean, honestly, you probably did. <laughs> like this isn't his, this isn't his fault. Like, yeah, if some dude's just staring at you throughout your workout, you're gonna be like, what? What are you doing, dude? dude? It was admiration, not flirtation. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wonder if that would work with chicks. I'm just admiring you, man. Like I'm, I, like I don't know. I, I he was, he was definitely freaked out. <laughs> he was definitely, he was. De- I will say this: I ended my workout earlier than I had planned because I, like I said, I had been wrapping up and then I kind of got back into it. But when I realized it, I was like, "Dude, get out of here! Get out before this guy turns you upside down and puts you in the trash can. Like you can't have it. But this guy thinks you're hitting on him. You can't, dude. You got to get out of here." More Stansberry Show and how fake news travels. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. <laughs> Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have warrant tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. They're playing Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. Jack Russell's Great White will be there as well. We'll get you hooked up here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need on those. Also, 7 o'clock, we'll talk to Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on sports. A lot going on there. You think he's going 100 miles per hour already? Well, he's tweeting about it already. <laughs> right. He's see. ready. What he's engaged. Perk way to start the glorious almighty weekend. <laughs> Cup of Joe along with the Stansbury Show. Check my guys out every morning, especially at 7 this a.m. For hashtag much on Sports Ohio. Need some crocus is what he wants today for his walk-up music. Need some crocus. I don't know if Rock 106.9 has crocus. See what we can do, Munch, man. We'll see if we have some crocus for Munch. Turns out fake news is 70% more likely to be shared on Twitter than true stories. This coming from MIT. So as everybody likes to debunk, well, I mean, who did it? I mean, who study? Who says? MIT. I mean, dude, if we're at the point where we're not trusting MIT, then, I mean, dude, the world's going to hell, right? I mean, we're, it's going to hell. Now, here's what I find interesting about this. Not the fact that fake news is more shared than, than, than a true story. Because I'm not naive. I understand how the world works, right? But it has seemed to me that Facebook has been the one that's been accused of this. And it feels like every time the news talks about this, it's like, well, Facebook and Facebook and Facebook. I think a big part of that is, is just the difference in users. You know what I mean? Like, number one, Facebook has a far, far higher cum than... Oh, than, way higher. I mean, it's not even comparable. And I think also when you look at who uses it, you know what I'm saying? I think there's a lot more... Well, this, this is an interesting point, And this is why I like this point. It's because Twitter users like to view themselves as so much more informed and so much better. And Facebook users are stupid and your mom's on that. But I'm on Twitter. Like Twitter's got this ego about itself. It, it's got this, this like, or of like of being superior and for no reason whatsoever. None. You're no more credible than Facebook was. You never were. Does it bring Facebook numbers into it at all? Does it give a, a contrast? I didn't break no? it down oh. that far. Because really, just my point was, is that it seems like everybody wanted Facebook in trouble, right? They Well, you better work on that algorithm because, you know, during the election. And it's like, no, dude, this stuff happens in all these social media forms. It's Twitter, too. Of course. You know why? Because the old saying's been the old saying. A lie can make it all the way around the world before the truth can put its shoes on. 
because the lies are more fun to believe. I um I I I I would one hundred percent agree that like tribalizing it into Facebook versus Twitter is kind of it, it, it's it's a I don't know an exercise. First of, of all, futility. a lot of people have both. Um, but I I I would definitely say I can't assume the numbers to be any better. You know what no, I mean? No, 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 no. I'm saying is that that Twitter users have this mentality, and you can see it in their timelines. They talk about it openly. Where the people who use Facebook are stupid, and of course they were Trump supporters, and of course they fell for the for the for the fake news stories because you're on Facebook and you're behind and you're stupid. Meanwhile, dude, this stuff hit Twitter. Every bit is hard. And Twitter, like I said, it has this mentality where they're superior, that they know more than you, that they're that they're deeper in the crowd than you. So if we're going to look at it from the perspective of most people did this, if we're going to say 70% of users across the board, I mean, like, where does this social media platform, be it, be it Facebook, Twitter, or however, you know, however their users feel about themselves, like, what, what do they do here? I don't know what your question is. What, what do what, what do these platforms do? I mean, if it's a problem for Twitter, if it's a problem for Facebook. I don't think they do anything because ultimately I don't think that they think it's a problem. They're only going to change something when somebody makes them do it. Do you think it's a problem? No. Because I think we've had uh, we've had we've had ill informed the, the here the problem with it is is that you start yelling at one another about it. We've been ill informed from for a long time. For a long, long time, even when you were just watching the nightly news. Again, I maintain the news had been fake and had been wrong and had been lying to you. And like, I know Hope Hicks got in a little bit of trouble with the little white lies thing, right? The problem with that is, is that it is kind of her job to tell little white lies occasionally. It is their job occasionally to deceive you temporarily so something can get done and then tell us what went down. It is their job to kind of do that. And it is the news's job to make sure that they don't induce pain panic by giving you every piece of information in live time. There is part of it. It's part of the responsibility of it. But to pretend that we were all more engaged or really more well-informed before Twitter was giving you fake news stories is, of course, ludicrous. It's crazy. But Twitter really bothers me because it does. It has this it has this aura of like superior, like that they're better than you, that they're wiser than you. When in reality, I find Twitter way more annoying than Facebook. Facebook, yes, I mean, don't get me wrong, the comments back and forth and that, you can get bogged down with the minutiae in it. But Twitter is definitely much more the, you either agree with us or you're a racist fascist and that there shall be no discussion in this. If you even suggest on Twitter, well, I mean, maybe there might be this fascist like Twitter's way worse about that stuff than Facebook is. Way worse. It's not even close. Twitter legitimately is a mob of left-leaning lunatics that unless you think everything they think, you're a racist and fascist. You don't necessarily get that same exact mentality or tone via Facebook, which is what I found so interesting about this. Because for all of you on Twitter that are looking down your nose at the old people on Facebook, you were duped. Every bit as much. You're no more smarter. This is what I've been saying about this stuff forever. As a matter of Trent Reznor, somebody dug up his article, what he had to say about it the other day, and he was right. He's like, dude, this social media thing has given people people the idea that everything that they think matters. He's like, which is, of course, insane. Not everything you think matters, nor should everybody have to hear it. And he also went so much further to say that he worries that artists are so worried about online backlash that it has led to a safe place in music. 
And given the fact that we all, what we all say about today's music scene, he might not be wrong. And that there's a reason why great now comedians like Dave Chappelle and all the big touring comedians now take your cell phones from you before you go into the theater to watch their show. Why? Because they want you to enjoy it, not blog about it and go, is this right? Should he do this? Should he say this? Because that's what Twitter is. It's just an angry mob of left-leaning lunatics that just want you to think exactly what they think or you're a racist and a fascist. Which that doesn't sound like an open market of ideas to me at all. Because it isn't. But pretending that you're that much superior to Facebook is insane. You're the same group of dummies that's logged in over there. You're just dummies logged into a different thing. We'll send you to see Warrant right now. We'll take caller 17 at 1-800-243-7625 on those. Talk to Munch on Sports next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. The night. Munch, how are you, buddy? Brother, I am superb. Just a quick story. Years ago at a station I was at in Columbus, we moved from one floor of an office building to another. Pretty cool, cool like Art Deco 50s building. And we said, let's do a contest. Give some listeners to, of course, ever waiver sign to swing some sledgehammers, tear down the old studio. Jeez. Crocus was in town. These guys show up with freaking chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and the last song played as we transitioned in was Screaming in the Night, so you're amazing. Can you imagine hearing that, hearing chainsaws chopping up walls and stuff and uh, counters and things of that nature? Interesting story. Crocus now in the home remodeling business. <laughs> they're now, they're now no. in home demolition. No. That's what those guys do now. If, 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 if they're alive, I have no idea. They, they were great back in the day, though. Munch, I, uh, I, I'm going to start with LeBron James because he's the biggest Go. athlete in the world. Yeah, he's the biggest star in the world. Now, for a guy that says he's not thinking about it until the end of the year, we now have a list of four teams he says he's willing to play for, according to sources, which I believe these okay. sources. You do believe the sources because many do not. Uh, you know what? If it's a source and someone he talked to, I guarantee you the source is not legit because anyone he talked to, i.e. probably his wife, okay, I don't think he's given it up in any way, shape, or form. Those, bro, if you hear national media, all it is is he's going to L.A., he's going to L.A. You know why? Because those people freaking love themselves. Nobody, no one would be married in L.A. if they knew how to cook, okay, because they would just marry themselves, that kind of thing. So, no, they just love themselves, bro. Come on. I, uh, dude... One of the guys is Chris Broussard, who says somebody close to LeBron James's camp says that LeVar Ball being with Lonzo in L.A. is not a deal breaker. So I maintain if he's told that, then conversations LeBron's telling me he's not having during the season, he's having. And Munch, we know he's having the conversations. I said it this, mor- I said it this morning. My contract says I'm not supposed to talk to other radio stations. Guess what? When my phone rings, what? I have the conversation. Because I'm looking out for number one. And so is LeBron. That's the way it works. We all do things with our job we're not supposed to. Wait a minute. So I've been doing it wrong for 39 years? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to tell you you've been doing it wrong. I think not admitting to the fact that you've done what I've done is probably doing it right. I, I think, I mean, dude, Munch, here's what we know. He's the smartest player in the league by a mile. He's not thinking about what he's going to do with his future of his own life. Of course he is. Okay. Of course he is. But you okay. know what? Why aren't you saying, Dan, I got to... Uh, Fanto, let's talk about the freaking ledge here. Okay, thank God you're in a one-story building. Okay, no ledge. Dan, is is in Cleveland now? If Cleveland was not one of those four teams, it then is. I could say, 
that I can say, get nervous. Bro, calm down. Take it easy, okay? I'm not. No, here's the thing. I feel like I'm. what I'm doing is I'm being early on telling everybody else you need to be calm when you find out that I'm right and he says he's leaving again. Like, uh, it says, uh, dude, I'm just the guy who's getting myself prepared for it now. I said when he came back, this is short term, and I'll even amend it. If he, if he stays oh. this year, he'll do what he always does. He'll sign a one-year deal because he won't give you commitment. That's the one thing he won't give you. He won't give you right. commitment. So he'll sign a one-year deal, and then maybe after next year, then he'll leave. I, Danny, although, Danny, however, Danny, I, I, you, Danny, relax. You know what? Did you, now, why aren't you talking about what he said yesterday after they beat Denver? He goes, you know what? It doesn't matter what seed we are. We're getting it together with all these young kids. Love's coming back. All I know is when playoffs come, we are taking game one. Then we'll take game two. Should we be talking about that? And, Dan, something else, okay? I can look back to it, as I used to call them before, Donna, Mrs. Munch-Dujour. Man, you know what? I had 10-plus on one on one occasion. She gave me a year. That was perfect, man, because that's all. I, you know what I mean? It was okay. like I was lucky to get a year. So if LeBron's doing it through this year, just enjoy this as it goes along. Bro. Oh, I'm enjoying it. I'm just saying there are going to be people who flip-flop, who said during the championship run, I don't care if he leaves again as long as I get my title. And the moment he leaves, they're going to hate him. And I'm just. Oh, I see. Okay, you're right. And I'm you're just, right. They're going to do that. I'm being consistent. I said it. I've said since before the Kyrie trade, he's leaving. And I said during the championship run, if he wins me this championship, he can leave whatever he wants, and I don't care. And that's true. I will not care because I because again, I feel like when people care, it's when they feel like it wasn't going to happen, and then it does, and then they're disappointed. All I'm saying is that this pretending that Jordan Clarkson was enough to make him go, you know what, I got to rethink this whole thing now. This hatred that I have for Dan Gilbert, I need to rethink it over Jordan Clarkson is crazy. Well, bro, hold on. I think there's Clarkson at three more, plus there's another one picked from the Brooklyn Nets, plus there's Kevin Love coming back. This is the nucleus of a good, good, fine young team. Plus, his kids can play in a gymnasium with his name on it. Plus, his wife wanted to come back here. Plus, this is his home. I I I don't put a lot of stock in the in the home thing when I'm talking about a professional athlete. I don't. I don't put a lot of stock in the, in the home thing. First of all, what does he always say? I'm just a kid from Akron. So Cleveland's right. not so in his mind Cleveland's not home. Akron's home. So there's that too. I think it's just it's one of these things where the, the guy has shown you who he is. And I don't expect him to, to be anything but that next time around. And I think there are better situations for him to go to. I think he knows that. I think he also knows he's the one athlete in the world that in year 15 could have billboards erected in multiple cities begging him to come there. That I find- Oh, he said that. He, he said he's flattered. He goes, how many people that have been doing what they've been doing in a game where most people are already done 15 years in? No, he's admitted that, that he's flattered by that, as he should be. Yeah, absolutely. I think he should be flattered. I don't have a single problem with him being flattered. I just think I, I'm one of these guys that I have thought that, honestly, since the day he came back, I'm coming home, the whole song, the whole thing. I was sitting there then saying, this is short term. That I have felt from the beginning, Munch, that what he is doing is LeBron hated being the villain in Miami. He's been on record, hated it, did not like being the villain. So he came home, cleans up his reputation throughout the rest of the league, and when he leaves now, Cleveland fans will be mad, but the rest of the NBA and the rest of the NBA media and fans have to go, well, Cleveland, he won you a championship, your first one in 52 years, pipe down, be quiet. And then he's going to... Daddy, you know what? The, the fans that will be the worst are the same ones who have supported the Browns through 1-31 and telling me 
It's all good during the season last year. I heard media people when they were 0-14 going, that's okay. No, it's not, you freaking idiot. You should have been let go along with Sashi Brown, okay? Here's the thing, Dan. What if it does happen again? And I believe you're in concurrence with this. They're going to go to, they're going to, go to the playoffs this year. I still haven't yes. gone to the finals. But just say playoffs alone. So in four years, three finals, one playoff, one more I playoff, and a championship. You know what? I will shake his hand and thank him. Okay, that's all I'm saying is that there's a possibility he is leaving, and that oh, we yeah. all, and that we all need to agree that he's done enough that he should be able to go in peace and go work where he wants. That's all I'm well, asking. Brother, I am with you 100 okay. percent on that. And anybody that does it, you know what? You're a malcontent. <laughs> you're 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 your Kyrie Irving's bag boy or girl. Okay. Okay. Now the other thing, Munch. <laughs> You're the best. I'm here. I'm moving forward. I'm <laughs> wait, moving, wait. I'm I got a Santone. Fantone. What's up, baby? Is Dan smiling now or is, is, uh, or is like veins standing no, out on his neck? Dan is fine. <laughs> he says he's not mad. He said it all morning. First thing I asked him, I was like, dude, are you a little heated this morning? You got a little crockpot going on? No. He's like, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'll tell you what will have me crockpotted up. <laughs> I, tell, I tell you, this will. Dude, I hear the Browns. I, I hear the Browns want to meet with Baker Mayfield privately before the before the draft. They are. They're going to. Danny, you know what? Can you know what? Here's the thing. And I'm standing by some, you know, avoiding some mistakes that you could have in football. Number one is this. Please, I understand Brian Sype, okay? I understand Drew Brees. He plays in freaking New Orleans, okay? If Baker Mayfield was six three, I would say I would freaking drive him from freaking uh, Oklahoma to, you know, Norman, Oklahoma to Cleveland and say, sign him. You just can't do it, you know? I, I mean, my golly, you know, you need the 6'4", 6'5", 200, and, uh, you know, 6'3", 230, 245-pounder. Dude, I like Mayfield. The more I see of him, the more I watch him, but it's just not going to work here. And please, I want to get that out to the Browns. Two two inches doesn't seem like that big of a difference to like you, me, and every other dude in Stark County right now. But at the end of the day, <laughs> to your wife and to a football team, two three inches can make a huge difference. So there's there's a very there's a very valid point there, Munch man. Um, and one of the reasons you need that height is because you're going to be throwing over dudes like Joe Thomas, kind of a uh, a giant man himself. Unless Joe Thomas retires, what's the word? What do you hear? What's happening with the, with the big guy? All right, bro, you know, he's been on this show, and, uh, you know, uh, two weeks ago, I would have told you from little things he said on the show, man, this is going to be a fun year, and I can't wait till we get this, we get that. But here's the thing, fans use the we term, too, okay? Uh, if you're asking me today uh, that he is not going to be back, if you asked me a week ago, I would have said he is going to be back. It all depends, I believe, on his body. And I've had guys tell me that before. They want to be able to pick up their kids. They want to be able to uh, pick up their grandkids. Hey, Jimmy Lachey was left tackle for the Redskins. You see him, he looks phenomenal, doesn't limp. But 1996, I know it seems ancient, uh, he just said, I can't do this anymore. He had a hard time walking upstairs of a new house he bought. So I'm going to believe it be the physical signs for Joe Thomas and to see what's going to happen there. And, guys, we're talking draft, draft, draft. If Joe Thomas doesn't go, we're talking free agency, then all of a sudden, now you've got to start looking at a left tackle. Think about that. And, and again, that's why I cannot predict the draft yet, because who's going to be the bet quarterback they're going to get? Well, if it's McCarron, they damn well better pick a quarterback high. Nick Foles' name has popped back in again. Hell, he could be quarterback for three, four years. Then, you know, they could drop it down a little bit. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be interesting. And something else 
And we saw this with Kaiser last year. I know he had bad wide receivers, too. But the bottom line is the little adages is that, okay, the 6-2 plus also 65% completion percentage in college. That's why when I look at Josh Allen, he's big, he's strong, he's 56%, okay? And the one that I'm still scratching my head because the Bears went against it, you know, give me at least 30 starts in college. That's a, uh, you know, Parcells thing, too. Well, Trubisky had 13, and the Bears took him one overall. So just some little formula things that guys look at when you're evaluating the most important position in any sport. I think it's Sam Darnold at one and Mika Fitzgerald at four. I think people are overthinking it. Take your quarterback. You know, if they do that, I'm fine. Take I'm your, a Rosen yeah. guy. I'd rather have Rosen at one. Why, and, right. and I know that the concussions bother me. but why? Because you know why? Why do you because like Rosen better? Sam Darnold was abused like a freaking rented mule by the Buckeyes. You know, it's only one game. But he saw, or for the first time I was told he was unflappable, well, he got flapped in a hurry. It's like, uh, yeah, his, his ball, he did protect the ball well pretty much his entire career. Okay, by that theory, then, Saquon Barkley shouldn't be drafted by the Cleveland Browns either because Ohio State murdered that poor kid, too. Yeah, you know why, though? Now, hold on, Danny. Ohio State freaking, their defense was stop Barkley. You know what? For his lack of totals, he had a kickoff return for a touchdown. He had a 30-plus yard touchdown run against him. That was brilliant. But their whole plan was let someone else beat him. Okay. Somebody said to me the other day, we only had three 100-yard rushing games. You know what? He had four, but in close games like Iowa, he carried the ball. He had over 200 yards. You're playing Georgia State, not Georgia. He doesn't need to freaking play even in that game, you know? So I see what you're saying, and you just said if he's that good, he should overcome the Buckeyes. But the Buckeyes game plan on defense, by the way, they probably had seven NFL players on defense no, that's true was too. to stop Barkley. But this was fun, guys. Those same NFL players were on the defensive side against Sam Darnold. I uh, I, I like Darnold, but, yeah, I, but they I, were. I, I don't hate I don't hate your reasoning on Rosen. I think Rosen's a little too little too cool for school i feel like there's a they asked him once why he plays football he said because i'm good at it like he doesn't seem to have that same like sam darnold to me seems like i'm the first guy in the building last guy to leave i'm in the film room very peyton manning andrew luck type where rosen josh rosen to me feels like a huge honestly he feels like jamarcus russell all the abilities no 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 all the abilities are but the mentality's not (laughs) that personality wise I hope not, because he kind of comes off that way to me, like he's not going to work hard once he gets the gig. Brother, you know what? You just don't like that one of his middle names is Lippincott. You think it's just too, too like, tie a sweater around your neck and go play tennis, right? Well, I didn't know that, but now it's strike three. I'm out. I'm out on Josh Rosen. That's Munch on Sports. Catch Munch weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350, everywhere free on the iHeartRadio app. Munch, have a great weekend, buddy. Thank you, bros. We'll talk to you again next week. Man, he did not like my take on LeBron James. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan. I mean, dude, he was sitting me down. It was like back like I was when I was his assistant. He would be like, Dan, I need you to call the rock hall. Dan, Dan, Dan. Do this. And then go to the Odeon. Make sure you banner this. It was like back like I was, I was like, Munch, I don't work for you anymore, buddy. T- dial it down. Dial it down. Munch on sports. Again, catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350. We got to give Trump credit. We, uh, we will jump up and down on him when he's doing something wrong, but I got to give him credit. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show, where we are on Rock 106.9. We're also online for you, WRQK.com. It can be heard everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations are on iHeartRadio. Download it. Open it today. 
We have a uh, four-pack of tickets for the Tadmore Shrine Circus. That's coming to the Canton Civic Center. We'll get you into that. Todd on Twitter says, You keep talking about LeBron Stansbury like he's the most famous athlete in the world. You keep forgetting the rest of the world doesn't care about basketball. Okay. Um, basketball, easily the most global of the big three American sports of baseball, NFL, and the NBA. It's easily the most global. Um, yeah, I, I assume that you're a soccer fan. And that, yes, worldwide, soccer would probably overtake the NBA. Um, But if you want to talk stars, LeBron James is a bigger star than Messi. Here's how I know. They're both signed by athletic companies to sell athletic equipment, shoes, shirts, apparel. They're both signed to a company. Messi didn't get a billion dollars. LeBron got a billion dollars. That's because LeBron is the bigger star. LeBron is the biggest star athlete in the world right now. Soccer, yes, globally more viewed than the NBA, but the NBA is the most global of the American sports and still pretty heavily viewed here. LeBron's the biggest star athlete in the world. People can talk to me about Messi all they want. Dude, when Adidas or Nike, whichever one, or Under Armour, whichever one he signed to, when they give him a billion dollars, we because, dude, that's the company telling you, you're the biggest star we got. Here's a billion LeBron's the biggest star in the world as far as like that dude's playing with a ball, scoring points, and making money. LeBron's the biggest there is. I got to give Trump credit here. I have to. Um, and you're going to see a lot of people not want to. You're definitely going to see a lot of news outlets like, like not want to give this up. But he scored a meeting with Kim Jong-un. He scored a meeting with him. Now it's weeks away. They're saying they're going to meet before May. But you're going to watch all these fake news, mainstream outlets try to tell you how this is not a big deal. So I'll ask you, why were none of his predecessors able to do it? They all turned it down. Like, he's tried to meet with presidents before, but they've all turned it down. Going back to Bush 1. Again, that's where, where again, I will, give, I will give this guy credit. Three months ago, you guys were telling me how I had to hide underneath my bed because Trump's tweeting was going to make this guy blow th- this country up, remember? We, you all were ready to hide underneath your bed. He's going to blow us up. Remember, my nuke's bigger, my button's bigger. You guys were all freaking out. And now here it is. This is a historic move. Much like now, again, I said the the day he said he was going to make movement on gun control, that if he locks this up, he wins re-election in a heartbeat. He didn't do it. He screwed it up. Still plenty of time for him to screw this up. Yes, I will grant you that. Still plenty of time for the meeting to fall down. Yes, I will grant you all that. But today, he wins the news story today. He wins it today. You got to give it to him. Because I personally think the guys that came before him made a mistake. That I want people talking. I want open lines of communication back and forth because that's the key, right? Communication's the key. In one regard, this is where I would say, dude, Trump's handling this better than Obama ever did. Is is dealing with and the North Korean, you know, government certainly fits this bill. Is 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 negotiation with a dictatorship, an evil dictatorship? I mean, is that what do I want to say here? Do you negotiate with people like that? Yeah, I, I negotiate with somebody who's got that much weaponry pointed at us and claims he can end us. Yeah, I take the meeting. What? Because what's what's the harm in having a meeting? This isn't. A, he, I mean, he's not a terrorist. 
I, I, I guess the harm. It, I mean, dude, the same media that wanted to loud his sister during the Olympics is now going to say it's bad for Trump to talk to him. I mean, it, it, come on. Right. I mean, if we're, looking at, if we're looking at this as we're judging the media on this, sure, you've got tons of points. I'm just saying looking at it from like somebody in the middle, somebody who's trying to look at it from a logical standpoint. It depends on what comes out of this to me. Like, because on one hand, if this happens and, you know, North Korea says, no, we're not giving up, you know, our nuclear capabilities, we're not doing that, then there's going to be a little bit of like, well, you went there, you met with him and legitimized him on the world stage as opposed to, you know, saying, no, we don't negotiate with you. Okay. That then, by that theory, you then think that Kim Jong-un needs to be legitimized in his mind of the world. He feels legitimized. I think that's why, I mean, that's why, that's why he's made a request to talk to all of, to, he's been trying to get an American president to meet with him for 20 years, is because you, by, by you meeting as, with me as a head of state, like as, as you're, 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 you're giving me that almost as a, you're a peer. Show me another situation where, where we would say we have a problem here, but we don't want the leadership to talk. ISIS? Again, a terrorist organization, not a head of a state. I mean, I mean, dude, those. I mean, I understand that that the, these are flimsy lines, but they are in fact real lines. They are in fact real I'm, lines. If two competing, if our company had a problem with another company, and they we just said, well, well the heads of the, the heads of the companies aren't going to talk. If if we would view that as stupid. If the other company had a track record of of torturing, you know, its citizens and its employees, and like. I, I, then I would say like, well, dude, you don't have to have a whole lot of you don't have to have a whole lot of hard conversations with people who are doing things right. I um, I, I mean, I'm not tr- I'm not trying to like say that this isn't a deal, dude. I'm not. I'm just saying that until this happens, I'm gonna reserve judgment. On Cautious it. optimism is perfectly fine. It is perfectly fine. But this will be spun all day as negative by a media that is designed to hate him. They hate him. And, dude, let me tell you why. It's because them, much like me, had believed the polling data on Hillary Clinton. So they feel stupid now in the fact that they told you this was a landslide for Hillary. So now, no matter what Trump does, they can't admit that it's good because then it goes back on this where they told you. And I felt that the next day. We both came in here and said, look, we were wrong. We were stupid. We believe polling data. That's the difference between us and the media. I'm willing to say when I was wrong. Wrong. I'm willing to say, okay, I'm also willing, as people are telling me on Twitter, I'm like Steven Crowder, I'm not willing to change my mind, which is crazy. I've watched all those Steven Crowder videos. Nobody can change Steven Crowder's mind. I've watched all those. So I'll take that analogy all day long if that's what you want. But at the end of the day, I am willing to move my opinion. Like I said, I thought the day he came out and said we were going to get movement on gun control, he's like, dude, he's going to lock up re-election right here. But he couldn't get it done. But dude, this if if Obama would have went there, the media would have been falling over themselves to figure out the best way to give that guy a compliment for doing it. And now this current leadership that they hate is going to do it, so they're going to find a way to tell me why it's bad. They are I've been saying this as a guy who did not vote for him, does not think he should be president. They are unfair to him. Do you feel that the history of North Korea breaking, you know, promises it's made to, you know, the U.N. and to the United States in the past is indication of what will happen in the future. Do you feel like this is them essentially pulling the wool over his eyes? Is there a possibility for that? Sure. But go have there's nothing's lost by having the meeting. Nothing is lost. Not a thing. At the end of the day, dude, you have problems and you talk them out. 
Do you, would you rather have, because I was three months ago, it's both these guys are crazy. They're both just tweeting. Somebody's going to hit the nuke button. You were all living underneath your beds, telling me that I wasn't taking North Korea seriously enough. Now we're sending leadership there. We're going to have a con- it's What's better? Dennis Rodman over there negotiating for the United States or the president of the United States? Wake up, dummies. This isn't bad. This, this should not be spun as bad. Take the meeting. Your enemies. If you find even a piece of middle ground here, it was all done good. And if you walk away and you don't, guess what? We were already arguing with one another to begin with. This is like going to see a marriage counselor or praying. What's it hurt? Is it going to fix everything? No. Probably not going to make it any worse. So what's it hurt? Sorry, media. You got to give them this one. You would have fallen over yourself to congratulate Barack Obama over this. See, this is what makes him the best president ever. Every president before him refused to go, but Barack Obama's a mediator. He's a, he's a negotiator. He's going to go there, and he's going to spread diplomacy, and he's going to spread the good part of the American values. Trump decides he wants to go, and you're going to talk about how it's bad. I can't wait to turn Hallie Jackson on on MSNBC today and watch her head explode from her eyes rolling around trying to tell me how this is bad. Shame on you. Tad more Shrine Circus tickets up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. It's also online at iHeartRadio. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations are on iHeartRadio. You thumb songs up or down, we'll go to work picking out more stuff you like that fits that. And we'll play it for you on iHeartRadio. Everything's free, by the way. Just download it, open it, and you can stream it. Also, if you have a smart speaker in your house, Google Maybe an Alexa. I believe it's just Alexa, play Rock 106.9 on iHeartRadio, and it'll pull us right up for you. So you can do that if you have a smart speaker in your house. I do not have one of those as of yet. I'm contemplating. I'm a fan. I like them. I'm not so much. I uh, I love what they're doing for our industry, the people that can wake up to them and they can listen to them in their house like that. I love that. So there's a lot of benefit, but I, I feel like I got enough stuff listening to everything I'm saying. I, I don't know if I'm if I'm inviting more of that. And did you see the other day? I guess apparently some of them just start like creepily laughing out of nowhere now. Yeah, I saw that was with Alexa's or something. Um, I've never had that problem. I uh, I don't know, man. They're cool and they bring a lot of cool things. They make me a little nervous. Officials say that the candy that had made 21 students sick at Perry High School Wednesday was not tampered with. In a written statement, Perry Local School Superintendent Scott Betty said he and others in the district do not believe there is any additional cause for concern, although they're still waiting for official results to come back. The candy used and the kids had become sick with symptoms including increased heart rate, dilated pupils. It remains unclear. Six of the children were taken to local hospitals. So how do you know it wasn't tampered with then? I, I, I can't buy it. I can't. Like, I, I, I know these are authorities saying this. I know it's not like well, just... why would it increase your heart rate and then dilate your pupils if it had not been tampered Even with? if we were talking about, like, in the hypothetical world where, okay, the food or the, the candy, you're getting food poisoning off of it. Like, okay, it's got salmonella in it. You're not, your heart rate's not increasing. Your, your pupils aren't dilating. Your heart rate doesn't increase over salmonella? I, you're you're, you're, you're going to be vomiting, but it's not going 
going to be like immediate either. I mean, like with a case like that, that's not going to be something that kicks in right away. Have you ever had food poisoning? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took three, I think three hours for mine to set it's in. It's going to take some time there where it's not just necessarily like as soon as you eat it within that next, you know, and, and, and there was no stories of like of the, of the stereotypical food poisoning symptoms. So if it's just dilated pupils and heart racing, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy it. Normally, I am very suspicious, and I'm uh, and I'm not apt to believe people. But I can't figure out where the benefit of the lie would be here. I don't know if it's necessarily a lie or if it's we don't know. You know what I'm saying? We're saying we know and we don't know. Well, okay. Well, that's bad. Saying you know something when you don't know it when you're a school official would be bad. I mean, I feel like is is it something they didn't test for? Is this like a drug that they that they were like, all right, well, we're gonna run it through these five drugs, and it's not any of these five. Is it that sixth drug that you don't know about? I it just, I you would think they would run it up and down the gambit now. And twenty one kids too. It's not like this was a small group. Like this was a large group of kids. There's been no other stories of whatever candy they were eating. If like if if if, if well, not only that, but I don't want the school telling me it hasn't been tampered with. Why are the cops not telling me? If that? Swedish Fish had you know, if this was on them as the producer of candy of of the manufacturer Willy Wonka or whoever the hell it is. They would, there would be a news, there'd be a national story about this. Like, oh my God, you cannot give your kids Swedish fish because they're going to, you know, have these symptoms. They're, they're going to, they're going to end up in the hospital. So somebody had to add something into that equation. I, 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 I don't buy it. I don't know the answer to this question. If I chew up a bunch of marijuana edibles, yeah. do my pupils dilate over that? I, I don't mean, know the answer to that. I mean, if 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 you, because that's what I thought this was. I thought this was I thought this was marijuana edibles, and your heart rate will increase if you take enough of that. Yeah, I was gonna say if you took too much, I wouldn't rule it out. You know what I'm saying? If you overdose yourself on it, I mean, like over. I don't mean overdose of like you know you're gonna die because those if you, things like I. I Everybody like Joe Rogan's a big guy. He, he loves the edibles, and he talks about it in his stand-up specials about how you got to be careful with them because they, like, you know what I mean. I guess sneak up on you. There's something about, uh, you know, it goes through your liver versus something else, and you know, you're, and so it, like it makes it that much stronger, or whatever. I don't totally understand the biology of it, but I have taken the marijuana edibles, and I have felt like, dude, like I've taken the same amount as somebody sitting next to me who's like lit. And I was like, I don't, there's nothing, like nothing. And then, so like my buddy one night just like piled a bunch of stuff on and just like, do you try this and then eat this and then try this. And finally I got set off on it, but it took like what would have been like, dude, he's like, dude, you just ate like $200 worth of edibles. He's like, and you still don't feel anything. And I was like, no. And then like, it was a little bit more. And it was like, dude, we're approaching like $250 worth of edibles, dude. Are you high yet? And I was like. A little. Like, so, like, I can see how that stuff can get out of hand. I think it just affects people differently. Yeah, different people are going to react differently to it, no question. Um, I uh, I just got a text message here from uh, an anonymous source here um, that said that he has he knows somebody that works within the hospital of where these kids were treated, and they're concerned that it's Flocka, one of those new drugs. That Flocka's really big in Florida, I know. Uh, Mike tweeting in and says, my wife and I have a few friends whose kids go to Perry. The kids rumor that's going around the school itself is that the candy was laced with acid. LSD. Yeah, I just got a message about that. Again, that I know will dilate your pupils. But 
are we not testing? Like, okay, so hey, we're, we're the authorities testing, trying to figure stuff out. You guys didn't think acid was a part of the equation? You didn't think Flocka, this new drug that the kids, the bath salts are doing? Like, I, I, All right, Denise just sent me this. Chewable candies that we could not recover because it had been consumed and or the remaining portion discarded. The candies recovered in this case were Sour Patch Kids. Officers and detectives have been interviewing the 21 individuals involved. As you can imagine, this t- takes a considerable amount of time. We'd yeah. like to thank you for your patience as we work through this investigation. Our investigation in this case is ongoing, and they'll you know update you any anytime they have more. Um, I, this, to me, seems like an ill-advised statement from the school official. That unless you know for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that that candy had not been tampered with, I would not have released that that statement that I would feel uncomfortable with that statement unless I knew for sure. And again, I have a problem taking that statement in and accepting it until it is given to me from a law enforcement official. That's where I want to see that come from before I would feel better about it. I just don't know how candy could randomly affect six different kids that they have to go to the emergency room. They all have increased heart rate. Their pupils are dilated, but the candy wasn't tampered with. Something, somewhere along the line, somebody didn't understand something that was said to them and then spoke before they should have. That's what I think happened there. We have a four-pack of tickets for the Tadmore Shrine Circus. We'll give them to you right now. I'll take caller 19 at 1-800-243-7625 on those. And we have the Parkland, Florida 911 calls. We'll get into those next on Rock 106.9. Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. A little bit more information on this Perry uh, candy. I, some people are calling it a scandal. There are people that believe that Perry High School is like covering this up somehow. Um, I'm not going to go that far until I have a little bit more to lead me down that path. I wouldn't put it past anybody given some of the history that's going around. Or not, I shouldn't say history, but it's given some of the things that have been happening in Perry. I could understand p- school people like, do we need to... Like, dude, we got enough bad press going around right. right now. I could see somebody thinking maybe we got to contain this. This from the Perry Township Police. Um, it says, during the investigation of this case, we recovered the remaining unconsumed chewable candy. Arrangements were made with the Stark County Crime Lab to analyze the candy as it was transported to their facility from the scene. Tentative results today revealed the unconsumed candies were not tampered with. We know that the candies were sorted by color and in separate baggies in this case. You know how that's going to work in high school. Dude, only eat the yellow ones, right? There was there was a one of the color chewable candies that we could not recover because it had been consumed and or the remaining portion discarded. The candies recovered in this case were Sour Patch Kids. Okay, so yeah, the stuff that they tested had not been tampered with because it was the unconsumed candy. But obviously the candy that these kids put in their bodies had been tampered with because that's what increased the heart rate and dilated the pupils then, right? Yeah, I mean, to, to, for, to come out and say something else, and I mean, like, I don't know, maybe we misconstrued what they were trying to say, or maybe they didn't say what they were trying to say clearly there, but like, I don't know, I just feel like that was kind of an irresponsible... It was also in print, maybe it got misprinted, yeah, there, I mean, there's that. It just kind of it felt like it felt like an irresponsible move there. It did. Um, I wonder if this was, I mean, were all these kids trying to trip on acid at school, or was this like... Hey, do you want some Sour Patch Kids? And then, you know, laughing is like, dude, that kid's about to be driven his balls off. I think both. Okay. I think there was probably a group of kids who thought, let's get high in school and, dude, give one to Billy and see what happens. Right. I, right? I mean, right. Th- that's for sure. I, um, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say that's for right, sure, but, but that's for sure a possibility is what I, what I mean to say. I, I mean, I, 
looking back on my high school career, like I got stoned before class, but like tripping on acid. I was, I don't know. I, I, I much more would have been like, nah, dude, let's do that in your basement, bro. I don't want to go to geometry. All right. I have, I've, I've never really taken mushrooms. I've never taken enough to like trip off of them. And I've only taken acid a handful of times. I was more scared of the hallucinogens than I was like, yeah, man, let's do those. I was, I was, I was scared of acid. I felt like with mushrooms, I was like, yeah, they're natural. And I know that's a terrible mindset of like, oh yeah, dude, it's fine. I mean, they were natural, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those things, right? But I, I remember I had science class. I think it was like first or second period, and my buddy was like, dude, you know what we should do. He was like, we'll go to breakfast early before school, then we'll drop, then we'll go to school. By the time we get done with homeroom, first period, he's like, you'll go into science class, second period, and the fish tanks and the frog tanks. He's like, dude, you're going to be laced out of your mind. And he was <laughs> he's like, it'll be great. And he was right. There was part of it was like, this is awesome in science class. But those pesky other six hours of the Right, right, right. These teachers and these uh, students who are not high with me. I like how you're throwing in that 90s acid lingo of like, dude, we'll drop and then you're going to be laced, bro. Good God. And we we were. I mean, dude, it was like literally like leaning up against the locker, licking it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. This thing tastes great, man. This is serious drugs we're talking about. Dude, I've always been a little afraid. As a matter of fact, another time in high school. A bunch of my buddies were, were taking it, and I was like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm kind of afraid of that stuff, right. right? And I was sitting in the car with my buddy Zach, who honestly, sadly, is no longer with us. Um, he lost his life. But Zach it was sitting in the back seat of this car, and we were in a, a fast food restaurant parking lot. Given what we're talking about, I don't feel like we okay, should name him, fair. right? All right. Um, but he was sitting there in the back seat, and we all went into the restaurant, ate, and then we came back out, and he was still sitting in there. And he was laughing so hard, he was crying. And I was like, dude, what's going on with you? He's like, well, it's snowing, right? I was like, yeah, it, I, I, believe, I believe it is. He goes, why does it look like the snow is a mountain full of cheeseburgers? And then like they just disappear because <laughs> somebody's eating them. And then somebody keeps stacking cheeseburgers on top of the pile again, man. And I was like, maybe I do want to take <laughs> Maybe I do want to take LSD, man. I, some of my friends were really big into it. Like they, it was like because it had, had like a. There was this thing in the mid '90s where like there was a resurgence of like the '60s kind of happened. Like that whole we kind of wish we were hippies right. and like this. You know what I mean? There was a, that kind of happened early on in that in that era. And where so many of my friends in high school were just dropping LSD every day. Yeah, and to me, maybe it is just like feeling like you know it's a young man's game doing hallucinogenics. But oh, like, but like, I can remember acid being around a lot, and then like, I don't know, I probably got old enough to go to the bars, and it just like stopped, and it was just like nowhere to be found. It is one of those things people back. people don't. Yeah, it is back, but yet it is one of those things most people don't offer you in a bar. I will tell you though, working in a concert venue, I have seen security bust people with it. So, like, enough times to where it's like, oh, this is coming back now. Like, this is a thing now. And I know mushrooms are really big still. I, I, I That's the thing. is like I feel like those have been around consistently. We're like, ah, oh, there's mushrooms in the world. But acid, I, to, to me, it was just like, well, no, is nobody doing acid anymore? But I guess kids in Perry are. 
I, uh, well, until we know that. Well, and I guess, I guess something worth saying here is we kind of like share our stories and, and, and it's a lot different when you know that you're going to be high on drugs. Oh when God. You can remind yeah. yourself like, dude, no, you're high on drugs. Like you need to, you need to check yourself here where if somebody just gave that to you and oh, you, you didn't know that terrifying. So I have no idea if this story is true or not. I have no idea. Okay. But when I was growing up in Twinsburg, the, uh, one of the, the next city over is Solon. All right. So you would kind of go back and forth. And I was dating a girl who went to Solon High and that whole thing. And they right? had a lot more money. So that's where the good drugs were. <laughs> and that's what, yeah. And there was this guy, and I forget his name because you'd see him all the time, just walking down 91 and 43 in Solon. He was just constantly walking down the street and he always had his Walkman on. He always was walking everywhere with the Walkman. And again, I have no idea if the story's true. But the old wives' tale was is that he was a straight A student. He was like one of those nerds, and he went to a high school party when he was still in high school, and the cool kids, the jocks, thought it would be funny if we get him high. So they poured a bunch of liquid acid into his drink, and it was too much, and it spun him, and he was like never normal ever again. This poor guy was probably just walking down the street, couldn't afford a car, no. didn't have his driver's license. No, because you would like, see it. it. No, because you'd walk into the fast food place, and he would have trouble ordering, and then he would sit down and eat his food, and then he would like pick his nose and wipe it all down the front of his got shirt. Mental health issues. Dude's got some sort of developmental disability. You're like, oh, look at him. He was just listening <laughs> to that same song by Europe, the final countdown on loop on his on his Walkman. But he walked everywhere, and he never took those headphones off. Like, he would be at the counter of the fast food place screaming, I want another six! Because he was just listening to his headphones on, like, 11. (laughs) And he never took them off. And it was one of those things where, like, my friends would tell me the story, and they'd be like, so do you want to do acid tonight? I'm like, no, dude, you literally, (laughs) you literally just told me that guy can't order food because he took too much of that stuff. But hey, Stansbury, let's go drop this half sheet. No, thanks. No thanks, man. Yeah, I was always uh, I was always a little bit more fearful of that stuff than I was some of the other drugs. I like some of the other drugs, but not anymore, man. You get old, man, and that stuff you just realize. Ah, come on, now. you 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 gotta just you just gotta leave them alone. I feel bad for these parents, man, because this could have happened to your kid, and maybe he wasn't trying to do it. Maybe your kid's Billy, and they just thought it'd be funny to give it to him. I hope that didn't happen to you. That'd be terrible. Um, it turns out. There is a scientific reason men stick their hand down their pants. We're, we're going to give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it. I love Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. And can be heard everywhere via iHeartRadio. It turns out there might be a scientific reason why men keep sticking their hands down their pants. Okay. Pulling the Al Bundy. Okay. Are you an Al Bundy or is that is that a Stansberry move? There, weirdly, there will be some times where I'll just be like laying around like Netflixing in the afternoon. Right. And I won't even notice it. But then out of nowhere, I'll just be like, my hand on my penis right now? <laughs> 
why am I why am I doing that? Um, and, I, and I always felt it was just a lack of somebody else touching it. Right, right, right. Just sitting there, man. I wish somebody would give this thing some attention. I um, I just found myself doing it earlier today. Like sitting you do here, it all the time. Sitting here in the studio, I look down and I'm like, dude, your hands are like just sitting on your on your on your, on your crunch. Oh, right dude, there. you stick your hand down to your pants all the time. Yeah, it's just like it's it's like it's like pockets for me. I don't I don't go down underwear. There's I'm I'm on top of underwear under jeans. So you're like necking. Yeah. So I've got I've got like right here. I'm not touching. I mean, I am touching it, but I'm not touching it. You know. I, I it's weird. It's like one of those things where I will find sometimes like I don't I don't think about doing. I'm not like oh yeah, let's stick my hand on my pants right now. But for some reason, there it is. Right. No conscious decision, but somehow or another, your hands are drawn. Why? What's going they on? They say it know? helps you assert your dominance. Facing a business rival with your hands in your pants could mean you're consciously or subconsciously <laughs> trying to establish who's boss. What? That's from a family physician what? and founder of the Alpha Male Medical Institute. Okay. Telling other guys to back off by pointing to your junk helps you mark your territory. What am I going to urinate on it next? <laughs> Says, evolutionarily speaking, he who mates the most wins. That is true. Is that back in the day, it was, that was how you showed you were dominance. Is that if you could put a baby in a chick, you were a man. And if you couldn't, you were a gatherer says, even if these days, that means landing clients and accounts rather than producing offspring. I'm telling you right now, if you go into a work meeting today, stick your hands on your pants, you're talking to HR. Now, if you're nat- or like not touching it or showing it, but if you're trying to draw attention to your crotch by like pointing at it, you know what I'm saying? By like using that, maybe I can buy it. I buy into walking D first into rooms like, all right, man, I'm putting, I'm putting it in there first before I even get in there. But you can't stick your hands down your pants. No. I mean, if you want to play with your belt to constantly draw the attention yeah. to that region, yeah. yes, I could see, I could see how the subconscious could play like dude that guy must have a monster d i think that's where belt buckles come from you know what i mean it's like drawing that attention into my penis right oh i just thought that they helped keep the belt in place and secure i didn't realize it was about highlighting my my penis those giant belt buckles now if it was a normal belt yeah boy fine but we're talking those giant belt buckles i think those are uh you know hey it's a little ornament for the christmas tree Uh, right yeah i think that's yeah okay that's fair that's yeah that's fair i mean i i mean draw attention to it's like a push-up bra very much the same thing there yeah absolutely they say another reason men stick their hands on their pants is that it eases your nerves they say if if you're about to make a big pitch or a close deal rubbing your stomach or other body parts in a non-erotic way triggers the release of oxytocin a uh, uh, uh the, the calming hormone there uh according to a uh, according to a study in the journal frontiers in psychology that may be why you're touching your junk and so- it's because it's soothing you since massaging your groin in a boardroom could get you fired, they say, though, <laughs> they tell nervous public speakers to stroke or touch their arms or the backs of their necks to reduce anxiety. If you're doing that while giving your speech, everybody's going to know you're nervous anyway. It does you no good. So unless you can do that, reduce your anxiety and then speak, you, people are still going to tell you're nervous. If you're just constantly touching your body while you're talking, people can tell. Yeah, I mean, I buy that like right before you step out on stage of like, all right, man, here we go. Loosen up. And yeah, that, but you're, you're 100% right. If you're up there just like fidgeting. Right. I mean, that's fidgeting. Look, it doesn't look good. Another reason they say men are constantly sticking their hands down their pants is because it will protect your package. Lodging your hands between your precious jewels and the potential hazards of the outside world, they say, makes you feel comfortable and safe. Guys will subconsciously default to this position when they relax because they feel more at ease with their essential organs out of harm's way. You could think of the hand there like an insurance against a friend who might give them a nut jab or a kid who accidentally hits a ball at them. 
I guess maybe the, what they're saying here is that the pain of being hit in that region, because every guy's been hit there, you know it. You So, like, when you were without thinking about it, you'll go into protection mode. But wouldn't that then mean, like, wouldn't I be more prone then to find myself, why is my hand down my pants as I'm walking through Belden Village as versus couch. my couch? Like I gotta let danger into my home. I guess. I guess what that is is on a subconscious level. There, once you're relaxed, that's when you're most vulnerable. If you're walking around somewhere, even somewhere in my our eyes are alert. In, in our modern mind of like, well, Belton Village is a safe place to be. It's fine. But like, you're at least alert. Your body is is up and moving. I gotta watch where I'm going, uh-huh. not to bump into people. You're aware of things. Yeah, maybe. If you're relaxed, if you're just chilling on the couch, you never know, dude. There's something just might come flying out of the sky. Boom! Right in the right in the gonads there. What am I, the road runner, Wiley Coyote? <laughs> just out to like drop stuff on my package like I don't I don't know about that but it was weird like here's what's strange is like I checked I was checking things you know for the rundown yesterday on the couch and I was reading this on my phone and I thought to myself this is crazy and then I look over there it is and while reading it my hand it just like started to like rest on top of well my groin and like you know, the boys in the in the thing there, and so it's like, why am I doing this right now? Like when you have your hand down your pants, is there a is there a is there a circular fondle motion that's happening? Are you just resting it there? Are you gripping the penis in the palm of your hand? Like what's happening? As I sit here, and this is where I was sitting earlier. The hard hitting questions. I mean, at this point, I'm not even really to my genitals. Like I'm sitting above them. Like I said, between jeans and underwear, kind of in the pubic region. You know what I mean? Like they're just kind of sitting there. I'm not. I'm not, like, getting satisfaction out of it. It's not, like, one step closer to masturbation. Like, I can just, like, boom, get it started right out of the gate. It just it just feels like, I don't know, a more natural pocket to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of putting my hands in my pockets, I'm just putting them, like, right there. Like, when I used to watch Married with Children, I always thought it was nuts. I was like, who just sits, like, there with your hand just, like, right like that? Then, like, you, then you got old. Then you had to start dealing with, dealing with BS. Then your back started hurting. You know what? I am Al Bundy. Well, no, because I, I <laughs> that's why I asked the question, because I thought it was like I wanted a different answer answer out of you so I didn't feel like a freak because like normally I'm sitting there and for some reason I have when I'm doing this a lot of times I will have my penis in the palm of my hand (laughs) while I'm watching TV it's like why am I doing this I'm not it's not it's not about masturbation because that's not what I'm doing but it's just like for some reason I'm like yeah peanut butter meat jelly <laughs> it's like you guys go together i'm the bread man that keeps you guys where you're supposed to be you know what i mean i don't dude i'm bailing out i got <laughs> i feel like i admitted enough stuff about me i already ate half a donut today things are off the rails man dude i got good news on the entertainment front as a guy who always gets accused of hating everything new, I got good news on the entertainment front. I'm so excited. I hope this pans out, and I hope it's fantastic. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. We have Canton Charge tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. For I believe they're for basketball, are they not? Indeed it is. If you want these tickets, you got to come get them today, though, because uh, basketball happens on Sunday. It is a two-for-one event. You buy a charge ticket or win a charge ticket, and uh, you are going to be checking out OCW immediately after the game. Ohio Championship Wrestling and the Canton Charge. Greatest tag team in the history of tag teams, a lot of people are saying. Can't wait for it, man. I'm very excited about this. 
Mitchell will pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. I, uh, dude, I had half a donut. Okay. Linda, our front desk woman, brings in donuts every week, and she's so nice. And the last few weeks, I haven't been eating them. I've been taking them from her and allowing her to think that I'm still eating them, but I haven't been eating them. Yeah, nobody wants to... I don't want to let her down. Yeah, she looks yeah, forward to it all week. Yeah, she likes yeah. to come in and talk to us for a little bit yeah. and complain. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, and she's nice to us, so we mm-hmm. try to be nice to her, mm-hmm. right? And uh, but today, I ate like half of one of the donuts. Temptation was too much for you. It just, I just wanted it. Like okay. I didn't. It wasn't. It was just like, man, I want to taste something. And I was gonna eat the whole thing, but I could only eat half of it because the sugar was like through the roof in that thing. Like I haven't had that dude, like I haven't had sugar in weeks. Like that was the one that was like the first that and refined carbs are like what I took most out of my diet. It's like I just really limit that stuff. Like really limit it. And it's been working. So I was like, all right, well dude, I mean you, sk- you haven't had a cheat meal in two weeks. Like you can eat a donut, have a donut. And honestly, I ate half of it. And I and it's not like I feel like, oh my god, I have a donut and I feel gross because sugar and carbs is bad for you. It's that's not what I'm saying. But, like, I am already in my head, like, you big, fat, lazy loser. Like, you ate that. Now you got to have to go do this. Like, I'm, or, I'm in my head about it. Like, I'm already beating myself up over the fact that I ate it. It's weird. Yeah, don't beat yourself up, buddy. What's okay? That? <laughs> I just hope you don't go vomit in the bathroom. Right no, now, no, no, no. Right? I just, you know, I, um, you uh, know what it is, is, like, you just expect that stuff to be better. And so, like, when you eat it, it's like, man, I just expected it to be the best thing I ever had. And I was like, man, yeah, whatever. Before the break, we were talking about why men stick their hand down their pants. And Shannon writes in and says, women do that with their boobs all the time. She's like, I'll just be sitting on the couch. I'll just be holding my boobs while I'm watching TV. Really? Does your girlfriend hold her boobs while she watches TV? Mm, no, not in particularly. I can't think of too many examples of her like just sitting there holding them. I, I, I mean, not, not, to, not, but like, I feel like I've had a lot of girlfriends too, and I, I don't know if that's if that's nearly as commonplace as a dude with his hands on his. On his I pants. had one girlfriend who was obsessed with touching her body, was constantly like playing with her boobs or would like like kind of grab her own ass occasionally, like, like in a sexual way. Like she was very, I I think it was more like checking, like is this still where I want it? Is it still? But like she was always very much like she was very feely. In, in, in like in a sexual way, like super hot. That's great. That's awesome. But I'm just saying, like sitting around. That was well. Happening? I think sometimes it was like we'd be sitting on my couch, and we like we wouldn't be saying much. And the next thing I know, I'd just kind of look over, and she'd just be like sitting up, kind of high. And she'd just be kind of like rubbing her boobs down. And yeah, we'd end up having sex. So I don't know if maybe that was what it was. Right. It's like I'm sending out the signal here. Like I, I I want this right now. Maybe that's what it was. But she was pretty feely. And then I, I did date another girl the, um, recently, not that long ago, that had huge boobs, like huge. And so every once in a while, you would see her. She just out of pure like you know interest in the weight and the in the heaviness of them, she would like kind of pick them up and set them down and do that kind of thing. So I, um, I I'm curious to know if if women are just laying around. Maybe dude, they may hide it more than us, right? Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Maybe that's why you're not seeing it. I mean, but if, if you're doing it as like the natural relaxed default like men do, then you wouldn't be hiding it because it's on a subconscious level. Like nobody's making the decision. We, you know, the, the whole point of that conversation is like, no, yeah, it just happens. That's true. You wouldn't you wouldn't hide something you're doing subconsciously. So like, now listen, am I saying that like no women do that? No, of course not. I'm sure there are plenty of women that do that, but I I don't know. I just don't think it's nearly as common as dude with his hands on his. Well, jokes. again, their big thing with men is that it was about exerting your dominance, and I don't right. know if women feel the need 
to exert their dominance that way. So I uh, I get accused all the time of hating all new entertainment. Like if a new TV show comes out and I don't love it, people are like, "Oh, you're just a hater." And it's like, "No, dude, I just like things that are good." Like I don't go overboard on, on like the new pop culture trend of the day. Like Stranger Things, good, not great. Like I just like good, yes, but like dial it down. Like I feel like if it wasn't set in 1984, you don't love that thing as much as you do, right? And so I've, I've, I take a lot of heat on this. So like when a new album comes out, I'm like, eh, I don't really like it. Like the new Metallica record. I was like, eh, I don't really like it. People were like all on me about it. When I don't like a movie, I don't like a TV. It's a, the, the problem's never the entertainment. It's me. Is that I just don't like entertainment. And I think that that's crazy. And, and again, I, I point people to shows and stuff I like all the time on Netflix. As a matter of fact, the next one I want to watch is, a, is, about, is all about a place where Fantone lived called Flint Town, about Flint, Michigan, and I can't wait to watch that. That's like my next thing that's in you my queue. You have not watched any of that I yet? have not watched it yet. Uh, that's in my queue. What did you, you, what did, if you hate it? Did you, did you start it? I have not it? watched it. No, I have not. I'm going to start it, I think, on Sunday is when I'm going to start that. But I like stuff. The, the point of this is to tell you that I do like things. I feel like people are over their skis on how much I don't like stuff. But I'm very excited about this new thing, and I guess it's going to be coming to a theater, not necessarily television. And again, I think that that will probably lend itself to being pretty good. When you do like a one-off, here it is, it's done, versus like dragging it out. But it's official. David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos, has been teasing the possibility of a Sopranos movie for about two years. But he says now, New Line is announcing it is, in fact, developing a Sopranos prequel titled The Many Saints of Newark, obviously since The Sopranos based in New Jersey. It will be written by Chase and the HBO series writer Lawrence Connor. Chase is also going to produce it, and now this article is like flipping on me. But this is going to go back, I guess, to the 60s. And it will, obviously, as it's a prequel, I think what you're going to be dealing with here is a young Johnny Boy Soprano, which if you don't remember, Johnny Boy was Tony's father, who you never really see in the series outside of like flashbacks because he is since dead. He had died. I believe cancer or something took him. It was the storyline in the show. So you're going to see how like Johnny Boy rose to power to become like the head of like the New Jersey mob. His brother, obviously Corrado Junior Soprano, will be covered in this. And I think this is great, and I love this. And I've been wondering where the where the mafia Sopranos reboot um, storyline was going to come back into television. I was wondering when this was going to be the thing that's coming back. And I'm loving this. They're saying other actors who starred in the show could conceivably make a comeback on the big screen, including Edie Falco, who played Tony Soprano's wife, Stephen Van Zant, who was Tony's right-hand man, Sylvia, Jamie Lynn Sigler was his daughter. I don't know how his daughter is going to be in this. Michael Imperioli, who was Christopher, I don't know how he's going to be in this either. He would have been not born. Dominic... Uh, Shayanese, which of course is Junior Soprano, he'll be there. But I love this. I, I, I this is a show I loved. I felt like it was one of the best shows on television. Really well written, um, really well acted, um, and the subject matter has always captivated the American audience. There's something about the mafia that we just love. They're bad guys that somehow are easy to sell as good guys. 
somehow the mafia is a crime dude you you could see yourself being. Yeah, I mean the exact same crimes could be perpetrated by a gang, and you're like, nope, nope, nope. But it, since it's the mafia, it's like, well, you're wearing a suit, so that's okay. That must be all right. Also, I, I will say the mafia. Now, this isn't always true, but they they kind of they kind of portray this in the movies that all this action and crime and violence only happens amongst themselves that it never really spills out into like the Joe Schmoes of the world like you and I that of course is not true but that is the way it is sometimes portrayed in these movies so I think that that kind of helps itself to you going okay that's okay because it's not really going to affect me but I think that this is going to be huge I think it'll do really well and I think period pieces are going to be more and more important in television and TV, or I'm sorry, TV and movies more than ever, because technology ruins situation. Meaning, if you find yourself in a, we don't know what we're going to do right now, in a, in a television or a movie scenario, Google it, idiot, or that camera would have seen you pull up to that street. <laughs> that ATM across the street would have seen you do this and this, and they would have caught you in two days. Where if you go back before cell phone, before ATM cameras, before all that kind of stuff, this world now makes all the sense in the world. And it, and it lends itself to more realistic portrayal of what's going on. I think period pieces are going to be more important than ever before. Because in today's society, you'd be like, well, dude, I would never be in that situation because, duh, I'm never leaving my house. I have an app for that that delivers that, and Amazon will just send a drone here to bring me that. Technology erases a lot of scenario. Period pieces are going to become very, very important. I think that's why he's going backwards versus forward. And obviously because Tony's son was not really built for the mafia world, so you can't really go that way. But I love it. I was a huge Sopranos fan. I can't wait to see this movie. I'll probably see it more than once in the theater. Absolutely love that. We do have charge tickets for basketball. Let's send you right now. We'll take caller 20 right now at 1-800-243-7625 on those. And the Kansas City Royals did something really weird. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com, and entering into the last hour of the week. Kansas City Royals general manager, Dayton Moore, does not like porn. Not a fan of it. Last year, the 51-year-old executive made his feelings public after discussing the DUI arrest of his pitcher, Danny Duffy. Asked what the team was doing to to prevent similar problems in the future. Moore said, we've done a lot of leadership stuff with our players. Very transparent about things that happen in our game. Not only with drugs and alcohol, we talk about pornography and the effects of what that does to the human minds of players and the distractions and how that leads to abuse of domestic abuse, to abuse of women, and how it impacts relationships. We talk about a lot of things, and I don't mind sharing it with you. Wow. I mean... I I guess when you're in an organization like that and you are trying to avoid problems, you know, you don't want to put out fires. You you want to avoid starting them. I I guess I see that. It's time America gets honest about pornography. It does lead to abuse and domestic violence. It does lead to the abuse of women. It does. 
right now, everybody wants to blame the video game industry and the movie industry and the television industry over school shootings. And I would agree that it is a component in that. Not that playing Call of Duty necessarily makes you a school shooter, but violent video games. As a matter of fact, motherboards out there right now, an online blog blasting the president for talking to video game leaders about the violence in their games, even though every year for the last six years, motherboard has released the article saying video games lead to more violent teenagers. They're the ones releasing the info, now blasting the president for it. Hilarious. If that is true, if that is true, then there's no denying that part of what we're dealing with in the Me Too environment is spawned out of how much pornography is at our fingertips. There's no denying. Do you feel that's true? Yes. Of course that's true. So video games do have a direct correlation to violence. There is a component in it, yes, but just okay. because some child might not be able to handle what's in that video game doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to buy it. I'm a grown-up. I should be able to buy it. But should you limit what your kids play? Yes. Much like I don't want a 17-year-old boy watching a lot of porn either because it sets a very unrealistic expectation of what that woman's role in your life is. And if you don't think that that's leading, if you don't think men that are getting their education on what their interactions with women should be like through pornography, that that doesn't lead to men groping chicks when they're not supposed to, you're out of your mind. Those movies Movies all start the same way. Oh, God, how'd this come undone? Oh, I guess I'm supposed to go down on you now. Do you feel like that applies to other forms, not just video games? Because it's well, very we're talking about this okay. right now. So I feel like this happened. I can talk about this right now. And I feel like this is perfectly okay. And if I was, if I was a GM of a team and I'm paying dudes $20 million to swing a bat and their online pornography habits might lead to them doing something in a hotel lobby with a woman and now my team's in 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 harm's way i'm all right with them talking to him about it i'm perfectly okay with it is it is it only like exclusive to sex things because like there's other negative influences do you feel like that's overstepping the boundaries there or i think if you're going to do this then you're going to have to address other issues yes okay. i'm fine with that but this has to be one of them america does this thing where yeah of course violent video games lead kids to school shooters but somehow the online pornography because you want to watch it doesn't lead men into having a screwed up sensibility on what relationships with women are supposed to be like Baseball, obviously, okay. in, 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 in professional sports, I think have a different relationship with their employees than most places. I think that's fair to say. Um, but do you feel like this is appropriate? Because, like, let's be real, Speedway doesn't want you beating your wife either, right? No, like, they don't. It, is this going to be appropriate for other places of business to, like, you know... I'm wondering if what's happening, if why they did this is because guys are watching it at their lockers in their locker room before the game start. Like, I wonder if that's part of it. I don't know. Will this be a part of the new uh, the, the new HR movement that's going to happen to happen in this country? Yes. If you don't think HR departments are going to start to talk to you about the amount of porn you're watching and what it's doing to your brain, you're crazy. It's coming. Get ready. I, 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 I guess if it's coming and there's nothing to do about it, then it's just inevitable. But to me, that just feels like an overstep of boundaries. That does. Well, companies are going to have to overstep their boundaries. and uh, Otherwise, you won't be able to work there because the potential for lawsuits that happen there over things you do are getting too great. At what point is it like, yo, you're watching too many horror movies. I can't have you being that into violence. I, Again... People make the claim that there is a link between violent imagery and violent action. Now, again, just because you watch Nightmare on Elm Street does not mean you're going to hack teenagers apart. And just because you watch X videos doesn't mean you're going to go rape a woman today. But the constant slamming of those images into your brain day in and day out 
presents a negative opinion of that sex, of how she's supposed to interact with you, it does. There's no denying it. There, It changes. There's a reason why psychologists say, dude, you're not ready for porn until a certain age. There's a reason. Because you're not ready for it. Kendra Lust, or Kendra Secrets, I think is, is, is who did this. No, it's Kendra Lust. I'm sorry. Can't keep all these porn stars straight. She says, in all honesty, I think porn helps keep people's relationships healthy. Really? It does? That's what porn does? Because, because, because couples are watching it so much together? Or did we actually find out through multiple studies over this last year that most people watch pornography alone? Because they, they feel shame over what it is that they view enjoyable. And that couples aren't watching it together. This is, I, I love this. How these porn stars always want to make it seem like they're couples counselors. You're not. You're the segue between when a guy can't find a woman and when he can. You're the thing holding his hand in between. Nothing more. To, to, to pretend that you're like marriage counselors because you're willing to get gang banged on film is ludicrous. It's insane. And if we're going, if, 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 and again, people want to blast the president for meeting with the video game company, but it's the same people that released the information the last six years in a row that in fact there is a correlation between video games and violence. But now they want to blast it because of who's doing it. But the thing is, but the point still remains that if that imagery can lead to violence, how am I not supposed to believe that this imagery does? Doesn't lead to some of the problems we're seeing with the Me Too generation. Why? 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 Why is that crazy? But again, dude, you say this to a liberal, and they're like, "Nope, nope, nope." They like they freak out because they just don't want to give ground. Pornography at a young age is bad for you. And if these guys, and again, most professional sports players, by the way, are still at a young age. See, because you hear professional and you think adult. A lot of these dudes are 22, which makes them not really adults. I know, under the letter of the law, 21, 18 technically, we all know. As a matter of fact, science figured out just this very year. Adolescents last till 24 at minimum is what that article said. You are not prepared for this kind of imagery and yet we're slamming it into our faces as often as we possibly can it is breeding a negative effect there cannot be a denial of that any longer more stansbury show right around the corner hang on good morning the stansbury show or the god of your choosing best morning ever kent's rock station rock 10669 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for WRQK.com. Another reminder, this coming Sunday, 8 o'clock, TBS TNT True TV, the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards will be televised. Check that out. And again, the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, Stansbury Show shenanigans, presented by Coors Light, will be at Lobie's, then we'll be at TD's on West Husk, and then we will be at Falcone's Tavern. First 50 people at all locations get a Stansbury Show pint glass. They're already here in the building. I've seen them. So that's good. And uh, the times on those events can be found at WRQK.com. Hard to believe we're a week out from St. Patrick's Day. You know what I mean? Like, Mar- like that's the middle of March. Wow. And now March is going to be over, bro. Wow. So somebody won charge tickets from us this morning. Yeah. Tanya picked them up. She's like, the front desk lady was super nice. Like, she could be your grandmother nice. I felt like I should have brought this woman cookies or something. She was so adorable. She'll bring you cookies. Yeah, Linda will bring you stuff, Tanya. Linda, she should have asked her for a donut. She's got plenty of them. She brings donuts all the time. And she really is our favorite person in this building. No, by a lot. I mean, dude, by a mile. Like her more than I like Stansberry. By a mile. (laughs) I would literally, if we were on a hayride, I'd push everybody else off. (laughs) 
and it would just be Linda and I holding hands on the hayride. <laughs> I don't know why I made it a hayride. I don't know why. It's gonna be a good time. It dude. just feel. I felt like an easy place to push people <laughs> off. Of. Just knock. Is essentially off. what you know what I mean. Okay. This building's not tall enough. No. I can't push people off this building. <laughs> it is not. It. They say, and I don't know if I buy this. Okay, but I got this um, from like a Detroit website that's like you know area Detroit stuff. Okay, but they say nearly half of adults admit to shopping while drunk. Americans have spent an estimated $31 billion on drunk purchases. Americans have spent $31 billion on spontaneous drunk purchases or about $450 bucks per person. They say this is an uptick to when they did the study last year where the average person spent just $206 on drunk purchases. Now, are they saying people are getting hammered and going to Walmart? You know what I mean? Like, is that is that what's happening? They don't address the shopping because I was like, well, if you're at home and you're shopping online and you're just getting, you know what I mean, wasted. Okay. Well, then that, yes, dude. If 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 we're looking from the perspective of like, I'm like, yes, I can buy that. My girlfriend does it frequently. Where like she'll be sitting there drinking wine and she'll be like, oh, I need this, and and two days later, there it is. I, I, I it bothers me that they don't address that here because that has to be where this is coming from, right? Yeah. 61% of American adults, or an estimated 150 million of us, drink an average of seven alcoholic beverages a week. I'm in, I'm in the opposite group. Most Americans have seven drinks a, a 61% week. 61% of us. Wow. I don't, I don't know if I buy that. 150 million of us drink seven alcoholic beverages a week. I am in the other group. I will either go weeks without drinking, or I go out and, and then I go out and then I have a bunch of drinks. But I don't drink... Like, I can't tell you the last time outside of like the NBA playoffs or like a Super Bowl or something like that where I have beer in the fridge. Yes, I keep it in case guests, but dude, I am not the kind of guy who comes home, rips off the top of a beer, sits on the couch, is like, man, I'm going to drink some beer. Cracks a cold water. I just don't do that. I just don't do it. Alcohol for me is solely about like, is there a chance I'm going to get laid? Okay, shots. Getting out there. Okay. Like, like, to me, it's about social. Like, it's not, I don't enjoy being drunk like that. Like, I just don't enjoy it as much, right? They spend, the average American does, $5.4 billion on alcoholic beverages a week. Okay, that's us as a whole, not the average American, obviously. They say um, on a week, it's about 40 bucks per person. The most popular alcoholic drink is beer, obviously. Around 40% of people drinking an average of five beers a week. Again, that's not true of me. Men, twice as likely as a woman to consume beer. Uh, Shouldn't be all that shocking, although I'm guessing IPAs and stuff like that have brought the numbers up for women dramatically. An estimated 53.5% of men enjoy beer compared with only about 30% of women who pick up a can weekly. Wine is obviously the woman's drink of choice. About 40% of women enjoy an average of two glasses a week. How many glasses of wine a week is your girlfriend having? Uh, I, I mean, honestly, like four or five, I'd probably say. A week? Like, yeah, oh, that's I mean, not bad at all. no, I mean, like probably, so like a glass a day, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and probably what it is though, it's not a glass a day; it's two glasses on Friday and two glasses okay. on, the, on the on the day of the week that she had like a rough day. Oh my god, this was a oh, bitch, yes. right? Two, so, and then Friday, end of the week. Like, right. let me have two of these. Okay, right. that's that's totally normal. Millennials are twice as likely as Gen Xers and baby boomers combined to enjoy a glass of moonshine or other liquor. Okay. Wow. Men are twice as likely as women to consume spirits, with an estimated that, again, being the alcohol, about 40%. Men uh, boozing up on liquor compared, it was about, all right, no, I'm sorry, that was like 37% of men and around 20% of women uh, turned to the booze. And I would agree. I'm I, I more likely, although, 
Can I have a vodka crayon? Like, I mean, that's pretty not uncommon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's pretty big with women. The Long Islands are pretty big with the women. Um, as I'm going to be bartending tonight. I, I all right. If you bring online shopping into this, that makes sense. Then yeah. it does. Yeah, but like, I do. The idea of being drunk in a store would be the worst thing in the world for me. Like, I wouldn't want that at all. If I'm drunk, I want to either be at the bar or on the way home from the bar into my house. But I am Fantone. I have fallen into this. I have been I have become quite the online shopper and I hate it a little bit. There's a little bit of me where it's like I, I bitch about the technology and, and, and the erasing of, of the American job. As a matter of fact, I just saw a machine this morning that's flipping burgers in some restaurant. I think it's, I don't know, somewhere. It's uh, Illinois, maybe it was. But they legitimately just have a robotic arm flipping the burgers. So, dude, how long do you think that's going to be? It's not going to be real long, right? And I just worry about it. But there's something about online shopping that I do like. Like every day I'll just check my eBay app and I'm like, oh my God, the shipping says it's going to be there today. And it's like you get many multiple Christmases every, like every month I get like three of them where I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. My shoes are going to be here today. Oh my God, my headphones are here or whatever it is. There's like, it, it, it is caught up with me. The online shopping, like the amount of money I spend on eBay on stuff I don't need is insane and it actually goes against what I uh, what I'm always preaching in that book I read Total Money Makeover because his whole thing is don't spend money you don't absolutely have to spend it on but I have become quite the online shopper now I don't get drunk at my house and shop the way this study says but are there other elements at play that lead to me just searching more on my phone well maybe this oh no I kind of like those and then you click buy and the next thing two three days later you forgot you even did it and they show up at the house that does happen to me a lot so I could understand how drunk shopping has upticked over the last year but it went from $206 on average for a person to about 450 that's quite a leap inside of 12 months we'll close out the program next on Rock 106.9 The Stansberry Show I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. And all I gotta say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say, oh God. Oh, my night. Clint Parker. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. I'll be there and I will mow you down under my tires. I promise that. A friend of mine said to me the other day, why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff? So... Here it goes. It's called Kick the Dust Up. If, if he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means, take a hike. I thought I like women. Women, 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 women. And here he is, having the time of his life. And there's those big greens It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass, yeah. fucking fool? Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your fucking mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper. To be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. What? Yeah, it's, it's 
for real, for real. Uh, yeah. I've been drinking. You told me to leave wallet in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. Bam! All upside his head. Just slap him. That's gonna make you slap somebody. This is so kiss my black not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. What do I get? I was like a peck. Watching other guys that are doing what I want to be doing, and I'm sitting on the couch being a loser. Hey, it's Friday. Are you ready for the weekend? Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. About to end the program, but before we do, should let you know about this. I hop on the defensive now. Um, apparently, there was a sign posted at one of their restaurants, and it made its way around uh, the Reddit forums and, uh, and Instagram, and it said, uh, IHOP will not serve customers with a strong scent, with, with strong marijuana scent. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the sign right in front of me. Now, IOP has come out and said, look, this sign's actually over a year old. Yes, it was point, It was posted at one of our stores. We found it immediately, and we have since removed it. We are. They are saying they are not discriminating against anyone, that they will absolutely serve you. I uh, When I read that this morning, I was like, well, that's pretty interesting. Because um, you got to imagine a food establishment doesn't want to turn you away. No. Because, no. you know what I mean, you're going to be a big part of of their customer base, I would imagine, especially with when a lot of people will go there, which is late at night and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think many restaurants are in the business of turning away business. I, Not too many. You know, just if, and if you are, like, well, you found yourself in a good place to be there. Um, I, I, I get what IHOP's saying, dude. I mean, like, as somebody who is not opposed to marijuana at all, when somebody comes in just, like, reeking like a blunt, especially, like, in a dining environment, I understand, like, eh. I, there was... I am very conflicted of, over my use of said product, and I have been for a while. And um, if I'm being honest, I, I really don't like it about myself. And um, and this is why I'm always saying I think marijuana is absolutely addictive because I wish secretly I did not use it, and yet I cannot bring myself somehow, some way to to be able to make that a reality. Welcome to addiction, folks. That's why I'm always telling you people can tell me whatever they want. I'm living it, right? But there was a moment where I walked into a public place, and I'm not going to tell you where it was, but it was here in Canton, and I walked in, and I was going to do some, it's a place where you go to do like grown-up business type stuff, right? And I was standing at a counter, and I was like signing something with a pen, and I just heard a woman from across the establishment who was working there say, I hate when people do that. And her coworker said, what, what are you, she's like, well, obviously somebody just walked in here recently who's been smoking marijuana because it reeks in here now. And I just thought to myself, that's me. That's, that's me. I just walked in here. She looked at me as I was walking through the door. That was totally me. And it made me feel like such a scumbag. And it made me feel like, oh, see this thing that I do that I think is okay. I always say it's okay because it only affects me, but here it is affecting somebody else. Um, do you feel like maybe that maybe the answer is there is like, well, before you go out into public, you try to go handle business. That's maybe like, hey, that's a, like a respect thing, you know? And, yeah, there's and a little bit of that. Your like, own home is different. Yeah, like I, I, if, if I'm going to do that, it should be it should be reserved for times where I will not be moving around. Can IHOP make the same argument about cigarette smoke? 
Because it's gross, dude. You walk in somewhere and you smell somebody that reeks like cigarettes. It is gross. It is gross. It is gross. There's no doubt. Uh, again, IHOP wasn't ma- necessarily making this. This was one member of their team. They made him take it down, this and that. But I, the bigger point, you know. I uh, If you're going to stand by it, which they're not, but if you were going to stand by this sign, then yes, you would have to do it with cigarette smoking as well. You would have to. Now, here's the weird thing. Is even when you could smoke in restaurants, yeah. there's always been, there's always been exceptions. Like even when you could smoke in restaurants, they would there would be signs, no pipe or cigar smoking in here, because people viewed that smoke to be that much worse that's than cigarette stank, smoke. Yeah. That that smell was different. Which to me, dude, give me a black and mild smell or pipe tobacco smell over cigarette smokes all day, dude. A really day. a really good cigar, which again, black and mild is not really, but like but I take your point because like a really good cigar actually smells pretty good. See, I feel like a good cigar smells like a dog turd. I feel like big, big fat cigars like that, good cigars, I feel like always smell like crap. You give me like a black and mild, and I'm 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 all about that smell, dude. I love it. Yeah, you're just appropriating cultures what you're, what you're, what you're doing there. I uh, really, you don't like the way like a regular cigar I'll smells. Sm- I'll smoke it. Like, I mean, dude, if we're standing around someone's back deck and we're sucking on stogies, man, yeah, I'm in. But it smells like crap. Where like pipe tobacco to me, I'm like, yeah, man, that smells good. My brother likes cigars a lot. So like every time I'm in Vegas, as a matter of fact, over Christmas, one of the things he got me for Christmas, we smoked like like a hundred and twenty five dollar cigar. Like he got one and I got one and. There we were sitting on his back porch, smoking cigars, drinking scotch. It was, it was good. Like I don't love cigars, and like I'm not like a cigar like fanatic like a lot of my buddies are. Um, and every time I smoke one, I worry because I'm just like, dude, am I getting that much closer to starting to pick up cigarettes again? Like that's what I worry about with those. But I'm very, very different. I feel like a like a good cigar smells great. And a black and mild, not so much there. We're very, very, very opposite that way. But I figured IHOP was going to have to come out and say, look, man, we're serving omelets and, and eggs and toast. Like, stoners like this food. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on in here at 3 o'clock in the morning when we're open and eat. I just thought that was funny. Because you got to wonder, if they're going to stand by that, now again, they're not. But do you stand by the, do your, your, your BO is bad enough? Right, you just think. I wonder if people are kicked out of public restaurants for smelling bad. Some homeless people. I, I was going to say, is that I, I wonder if that's on the list of reasons why they ask you to leave. Did you see that, by the way, that other the other day where that video was circulating from that fast food restaurant where somebody mm-hmm. bought a homeless person food and then they kicked the dude out of the restaurant? I'm kind of like directly in the middle torn on this one because... Dude, if you have the extra money and you can buy somebody that's obviously hungry something to eat, I encourage you to do that. That's helping your fellow man, and I'm all for it. Right? It's a random act of kindness. I'm totally about those. But if I'm the restaurateur, there is a little bit of don't give the cat milk mentality because the cat keeps coming back to said place for milk. Like, there is a little Now, again, it's a human versus the cat. I know. But if I'm the restaurateur, I don't necessarily know if I love that. Someone bought you the meal, though. They gave you the money, and that's the terms and conditions of sitting in that restaurant, right? Yes. So I, I so you should let them stay. The, the the counter that I saw to this, and I kind of buy it, is like, yeah, you saw this video where it seems like we're like discriminating against this man. You have not seen the previous encounters we've had with this man where he's been harassing customers, where he's been, you know, an issue within the oh, restaurant I believe before. That. So, like, there is a little bit of, like, well, There's did, a f- did it tell the full story? There's a fast food restaurant right downtown. 
And if you go in there Saturday or Sunday morning and you actually walk through the restaurant and you go up to the counter, you are going to be asked by six to ten people to buy them something if they can have some of this and this and that. And I understand as a restaurateur why that would negatively affect my business. I can understand that. But ultimately, dude, somebody bought something. Let the guy then fine. If you've had previous run-ins before, kind of keep your eye on it. Let him finish chewing. Swallow it. Now get the hell out. You ate. Get the hell out. I feel like that was the common ground that needed to be found there. But if you see somebody, they're hungry, and you have money, buy them something to eat. You'll feel better both about you and the world in which you live. We are done for the day and the week. We will be back live at this Monday morning, 6 a.m. Again, another reminder, Sunday night, however. TBS, TNT, True TV, 8 o'clock, the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards will be on television. You guys have a great weekend. See ya. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9.